Amen. So I'm going to talk about, about eternity because God is the eternal being. God's out, it means, just means God's outside space and time. It means that we cannot understand Him because we live within space and we live within time. There's, there's a beginning and end to our lives. There's a limit to where we can be at once, but there's no limit to God. So He is an eternal being. Psalm 90 verse 2 speaks of Him being the creator of eternity. So we don't know how that looks like because our minds cannot fathom eternity. He is the father of eternity, Isaiah 9 verse 6. He is the king of eternity, 1 Timothy 1 17. And then the wisest man, Solomon, in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, he says, eternity is written in our hearts. And I think there's something that, to the specific idea that eternity is written in our hearts, not in our minds, is that have you ever tried to figure out eternity in your mind? Just think about it. I'm going to live for, etern- for eternity. It's, it's impossible to grasp it with our intellect. But now Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, say eternity is written in our hearts. Because somehow we can grasp eternity by an illuminated, a regenerated heart. We can understand what we are created for and where we are created from. Because we are created from an eternal being. That's, that's who, who we are. Our identity is in the image of God. We are created in His image. So that eternity image of who God is, it is installed in our hearts. It's amazing. But we cannot grasp it with our minds. I, I remember when I was a young kid and I, somebody said, God's eternal and we're going to live for eternity. I was trying to think of how long is eternity? It was so difficult. My mom, when we would drive somewhere and we would always be, I mean, naughty at the back of the car, because back in the day, we, we were four kids in the back of the car, just one, one row of seats. I don't know, you're not even allowed to do that anymore. So we'd be very naughty at the back of the car. And then we would ask, Mama, how long How long Oma? And then my mom would, she would speak in church services, because the Dutch Reformed Church, when my dad was the pastor, it was a one hour service. So she, one hour is like, Nog een kerdins. And then, then we will be there. So, but eternity is many church services. It's one continuous church service with the glory of God and the presence of God. And for some of us to think that we're just going to worship, we're going to be in His presence all all of eternity, we think it's boring. It's not going to be boring because your whole body is going to respond to who God is. And I do, I do, I don't think we're just going to sing songs. I think we're going to worship stuff, and I think we're going to have some tasks and assignments, but again, that's my, my opinion, and I think we're going to do uh, many, many cool stuff in heaven, in eternity, but eternity is a very, 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 very long time. Okay, so that's the reason why this rope is here. So Arthur gave me this rope. This, this rope, it actually, if you, if you go drive outside of here, you'll go, and you go up nice and you'll see the rope still there. When you go up, it's Nikwa Pass, you'll see the rope's still there. It goes Oetswering, Beaufort, Ves, all the way up to Cairo, and then it comes back, and then it goes down to, down to Durban. You'll, you'll see it there, okay? So this, is, this rope, it never ends. 
Okay, so this is a is the image of our life. And I, I stole this, uh, um, Francis Chan had this illustration. Some of you have seen this, but it's so good. I want to use it. So this is, just imagine this rope goes on forever. And this is your life. Then the life or the time that you're going to spend on this side of eternity before you die is this little yellow piece here in the front. Eternity gives you perspective. So the world, world says, hey, you must live this part of your life in such a way that you can retire in this part of your life so you can have a good life. You're at the beach, play golf, whatever you want to do. And, and it's not a bad plan to have a retirement plan. It's not a bad plan to save up for, for one day and then you can come and be like Arthur and serve the church and get the big bucks paid into your account through coffees and, and friendship and smiles. But it's, not, but, but it's still all of that left. So the problem is that God's saying that we're going to live for eternity, but we only have limited time, limited time, to respond to his message, to respond to his salvation. So we're going to live eternity, but we only have this limited time. And there is a choice that we need to make. We need to choose whether, are we we going to follow God's voice, or are we going to follow my voice or the world's voice or the devil's voice or whatever demon you want to put in there's voice because we know that eternity has two options the one resort is in hell with the devil and his angels was never created for mankind but because of the fall of man that is where you'll end up if you do not choose jesus or you have the choice that you can make within this little piece, this yellow piece here, your limited time here on earth, and you're going to choose for heaven. So you only have the two options. So if you live in a way where you have eternity in mind, don't you think you'll live differently? What's more important? My retirement plan, where I'm going to live, my happiness, or where I'll spend eternity. And maybe even, even if you more, if you want to be even more godly, maybe think of, hey, the people that I'm in contact with, they also, their lives also represented by this rope. They also have limited time and they also will live for eternity. And I have an opportunity within this little yellow piece to bring them into eternity so their rope will continue in heaven one day. So eternity is such an important topic. In Hebrews 6, it's, the Hebrew writer says, these are the elementary teachings of, of Christianity, and, and one of them is eternal judgment. The fact that one day there will be judgment. 
And then we, that we, are, we are Christian. We know that God is a good God and we know that we are innocent because of the blood of Jesus. And therefore, we can, we can look forward to that day where we'll be standing in front of the judgment seat and because we know that we have a good judge and God will send us into heaven. And that's beautiful. But eternal judgment, it is an elementary teaching of Christianity. A friend last week told me a story of they were building houses for, for some of their employees. And then his mom made the one requirement for the specific guy to get a house. The requirement was you need to stop having sex with your girlfriend. <laughs> and then you'll get a house. Two months down the line, the girlfriend's pregnant. And all of you are like, no, where's your vision? <laughs> How could you give up such a reward by just following your lust and settling for a temporary fulfillment of pleasure? How can you do that? You, now you don't have any houses. Your, your payment pay will never get you to a place where you can build a house for yourself. All of you would say that. Is that true? We think, wow, man, if I just, if, I, if that guy could just not have sex for the next six months with his girlfriend, he could have got in a house. But we're in the same boat. God's saying, hey, if you think of eternity, it'd be so much easier to endure the difficult times here on earth, to focus on the right things. And the goal of Christianity is not to only survive through those yellow peas. The goal of, of, of Christianity is to be an overcomer within this yellow peace. So that you can help other people to also walk in that victory. Because then that victory will just be extended beyond your death. Paul says to live is Christ and to die is gain. He says now while I'm living, I'm living within Christ. And within Christ obviously means to live a victorious life. And then when I die, if it's, if it's COVID, if it's cancer, if it's a car, if it's a shark, whatever it might be, it's a gain because I'm just going into the rest of my life. But then it's like David Crowley's the song that he sings. He's, he says, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. <laughs> and it's true, because you, you somehow think in your fleshly thinking, you're thinking this earth has more to offer than heaven. We, we think that. Then no, I still, I still want to see my kids as kids. I still want to be a granddad. Or I, I still want to... I still want to accomplish the, these things. And those are not, it's not bad to have ambition. It's not bad to have goals. But God's saying, your focus should be eternity. What can you do now that you can take along with you into eternity? Let's listen to what uh, Paul's saying, Philippians 3 verse 7 to 21. And if you can just take out your Bibles or your Bible app and just read with me, and I'm going to read from the, the New International Version. It 
So Paul, your context is important. Paul is writing while he's sitting in prison. So Philippians 1.21 says, to live is Christ, to, to die is gain. So he was contemplating death because he might just die in the prison. So Philippians 3 verse 7 starts with, but whatever gain I had, and he was talking about him being brought up in the Hebrew culture, actually being a Pharisee, all of that, that accomplishments, the accolades that he had, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Because in, in the context of eternity, it doesn't make sense to actually put your trust in these accolades or these performances or your history or where you come from. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus, my Lord. Because knowing Jesus, my Lord, is going to mean something in eternity. For this sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. That's actually a swear word that he's using there. I say the spoofy. Everything that I've gathered on earth, everything that I've accomplished, all of that in comparison to the prize of Jesus Christ, it's rubbish. The so spoofy. It doesn't even make sense to make a fuss about these things. Because in the context of who Jesus is, nothing, nothing can compare to his grandeur, to his amazing blessing that he is. In order that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes, from, comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So saying, God, you're a good God. I trust, I put my trust in you that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So by any me means, I may attain this future life, the next level of my life after death. And then verse 12, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Again, this prize that we'll receive. Sometimes you look at people and you think, wow, there's so much suffering in their life. And you feel sorry for them. And it's a good thing to have empathy, to have compassion. Jesus had compassion. But then I think we're going to have a completely different perspective when we're in heaven. Maybe your grandfather or the people that you've missed that are now in heaven, they have a completely different perspective they are looking down at some people that have everything in this life and they, wow, they are suffering. Because in the context of eternity, what they are pursuing and what they are causing to their soul, that crime of just following your own desires or following the worldly, fleshly things, 
It's actually a crime against your soul and it makes you suffer within the context of eternity. And, and we think, wow, they're so blessed. So then you have a different perspective on your suffering. Paul says, I'm going for this prize of the upward call of Jesus Christ. And then verse 15, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if it anything and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. He's so sure of what he's saying. He's saying, hey, if you don't agree with me, God will make you agree with me later on. And let us hold true, that, hold true to what we have attained. And then 17, brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. So these people who have followed Jesus, but they become enemies of Christ. Why? Because they didn't have a perspective, firstly, on who Jesus is, but secondly, also of what eternity is. 19, the end is destruction. So they're going somewhere, but they're not going to the place where we want to go, heaven. The God is their belly and their glory and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. In other words, their minds are just focused on this yellow piece. It's the only thing that they can think of. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. Wow! That is where we are already, because if you have made a decision to follow Jesus, you're already being prepared for heaven. The fullness of Jesus, the fullness of His presence, the very breath, the, the air that we will breathe in is already in us in the form of Jesus Christ. So there's one enemy of eternity thinking that I just want to quickly address. And that is our unhealthy relationship with death. And especially in this time. Okay, so there's a disclaimer to what I'm going to say. I'm not saying you're not allowed to mourn people that die. Because we are relational beings. We are creating the image of of God, who is love. So we need relationship to fully function as human beings in the way that God has created us. You need people. We need people around us. But in, in, in Christian circles, death is gain, remember? And it's only a door into a better place. But we have an unhealthy relationship with death. And I just want to use two examples here of scriptures. Revelation 12, 11 says, it's talking about how the people of God will eventually claim their victory. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb, speaking of what Jesus has done. So in other words, the, the reception of Jesus' death on the cross. And by the word of their testimony, in other words, what we have communicated, our testimony, the stories that we tell of His victories in our lives. 
And then the one thing that we often miss within the Scripture, because we often quote the Scripture, is, for they loved not their lives, not even unto death. Because I think we often make decisions on how can I live a little longer, or maybe even a little better. And we forget that one of the requirements for us to ultimately defeat the devil is to not even love our lives, not even unto death. And then 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 and 14 says, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. So God's saying if, if somebody close to you have passed on, have died, you should mourn with them. Matthew 5 says, if we mourn, we will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. It's, it's a blessing to mourn with people, to be in that very deep place of somebody who lost a loved one. And we have all been confronted with that in this time. I've lost both my grandmas in the last, in the last year. Not from COVID, but I lost them. I've, I'll never see them again except for one day when I'm in heaven with them. So to mourn with the family, to understand the loss of relationship, that is a good thing. But to, to get or to stay in a place of grief and to, to have a lack of understanding of what's actually happen, happening to that loved one that's Christian is a low level of Christianity. So I believe God is preparing a generation that's going to say, I'm willing, just like the saints of old, like the missionaries of old, the disciples, I'm willing to die for you, Jesus. Are, are we willing to do that? I'm willing to die for you, Jesus. Not only die in in myself, die to myself and my desires, but literally die. And there's a, there's a big undercurrent in, in the world today as we try and just live as long as we can. So we can have as much happiness as we can. But that's not the Christian life. The Christian life is to say, Lord, I understand that all of us in this world is going to live for eternity. I understand that I have this little bit of time to make a change, not only in my life, not only in my family's life, but in the world's life. This little bit of time. And I'm going to use it all out. And if this little bit of time is... If it's 32 years, then I'm fine with it, Lord. Whatever it takes, I'm going to give that 32 years, all of it to you. 
Because we don't know. We don't know if it's 32 years. We don't know if it's 55. We don't know if we're going to go 120 years. You don't know. But I'm going to give all of this to you because I know if I respond to you, Jesus, in this life, then I will live with you all of this life. But then also we have the responsibility to use this life to impact other people to understand that they also have eternity to spend somewhere. Don't you think this will be, oh, this is such an encouragement to be more bold with our witness, to be more bold with our decision-making with regards to finances, with, with regards to our relationship with our friend that we know that's on the wrong track, with regards to what we're going to do when we're in a relationship with people, because we know that every word that we speak, every action that we do can impact them, not only for this yellow piece, but for the whole of eternity. Don't you think then, if we understand the fullness and grasp this eternity message, and we have this perspective that we will live completely different? We will. So now we need to take the seed of eternity that's already in our hearts and we need, to, we need to give it water and say, I'm living for eternity. What can I do today to make a difference for eternity for all the people around me? And I'm living with this responsibility in, in my life. The other day, we, Cornel and I spoke about friends of ours that I, I know that they, they're Christian, but they're nominal Christian and they, in a way, they missing the point of this yellow bit of life. All they want to do is adventure and go and enjoy themselves. And, and I can see it has a negative impact on, for instance, their kids. Because they, they're Christian and they, their kids know Jesus and their kids have some sort of a relationship with Jesus. But there's so much more, and I know there's so much more that they can give to the community. I'm like, and I said to Kunal, I live with this responsibility with that every interaction that I have with people pushes people towards eternity, whether it's Jesus or hell. That's why Jesus said, if you, if you make one of these, and he was referring to kids, fall you might as well put a, mull, a millstone around your neck and throw yourself into the deepest sea. Because he understands that this time here, we can impact people, but we also can push them away from their tr true destiny, which is heaven and fullness in Jesus Christ. On that side of eternity. Okay, so what I want us to do now is we're going to take communion.
And while they're handing out the communion, I want, I want you to think of this. Blood represents a, a person who is also fully God, Jesus Christ, His death. Same with the bread. It represents His death. And when we are taking communion, we are reminded of what He has done for us on the cross, but we're also reminded of what we are saying yes to when we are following Jesus. We are saying yes to eternity, eternity with Jesus. We are saying yes to dying to ourselves. We are saying yes to the death. Of all our desires, all our fleshly thinking, all of our wrong mindset, we're saying yes to that. And we're also saying no to any kind of fear of death. So, let's Let's make a covenant with God. And if, you, if you're not in the right place, if you don't feel like you, you want to have communion with the Lord, the Bible says rather don't do it. It's better that you don't do it. But let's just reemphasize the covenant that God made with us. And we say, Lord, we accept Jesus, what He did on the cross for us, that He died but He's also now raised and seated in heavenly places. And we accept that we need to walk that same path, that we need to die. And eventually we will die physically too. But like Paul, we want to say, to live is Christ and die is gains. And we say no to the fear of death. So let's take His body, let's break it in remembrance. And say, Lord, we just say yes to You. Jesus. Yes to dying, Lord. Yes to living a life on this side of eternity that will have an impact on the other side in all eternity. Let's take the blood and let's drink from it. Thank you, Jesus, that we can come to you as, as family, as your family. Lord, we know that you have suffered, that you, you even died for us. Lord, we, we, we often just sinned in only thinking about this life and not only thinking about, not thinking about 
eternity, Lord. We just bring that to you, and we repent of that in the name of Jesus. We just say we're sorry, Lord, of having such a limited focus. We just repent of that. And thank you that you receive this repentance, and thank you that you extend grace to us, and thank you that you change our thinking, Lord, and thank you that you are giving us the ability to always live with the understanding that we're going to live for eternity. Lord, I want to ask for the Holy Spirit to come upon us right now so that we will not only think of ourselves as eternal beings, but of everybody around us also as eternal beings. In the name of Jesus. Lord, and also this unhealthy relationship that we have with death, we ask that you take that away right now. Lord, if we, if we die tomorrow, it is fine. It's gain. We're not allowing the devil to steal. But if we die in obedience to you, Jesus Christ, it is gain. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, and I pray that we will, in this community, raise up people that will not fear death, Lord will not fear death. It will go to the ends of the earth, even to the persecuted countries, Lord, whether it's North Korea or Syria or, or Afghanistan, wherever it might be, Jesus, that we will not fear death because we know of the eternal reward that we will receive. Just while every eye is closed, if you're in this room and you don't have surety of salvation, you don't know if you're going to be in heaven one day. You don't know if you walk out of here or you get COVID tomorrow and you die. You don't know if you're going to go into heaven. You don't know if you have a relationship with God to that extent. I just want you to raise your hand because we want to pray for you. We want to make sure that you have eternal salvation. Thank you, Jesus. You can open your eyes again. So I want to bless you. I want to say you are blessed by the presence of God to communicate the gospel, to share what God has done, to live in the context of eternity, a fruitful life. And God will bless you. Not only one day, He will even bless you on this side of eternity with peace in your heart, with understanding that your life has meaning if you follow Him. And if there's any one of you that, that have excessive fear of death or fear of that somebody close to you is going to die or you're going to die or whatever it might be, I want you to come forward and we're going to pray for you. And we need to trust that the Lord breaks this thing over you. God doesn't want to paralyze you. God doesn't want you to be paralyzed. He wants you to be a fruitful witness of His grace. Amen. Cool, there will be coffee and stuff at the back. But please, if you need to respond, you need to respond and come forward.